Hey, welcome to Bruce Culture. I'm your host, Evan Schwab. I own the gaming site Big Cultures, and I'm an aspiring Cicero. I'm here to help you pair quality craft beers with great games in order to maximize your leisure time. We'll talk about some of the best breweries and their histories alongside the ins and outs of games and the gaming industry. So stop in, take a load off, and enjoy excellent brews with us as we explore two of the most profitable business industries. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Brews Culture. Feels like we've been away for a long time, but we're happy to be here and we're happy that you're here as well. Today's episode of Brews Culture is brought to you by Daydreamer Studios. Do you have stories and expertise to share with the world? Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? There's no better time to start than now with the help of a trusted production partner. Daydreamer Studios is a full-service production company that takes all the stress off your plate. You can focus on creating engaging content while they focus on recording, editing, audio engineering, hosting, and publishing on 22 major platforms. Log into the advanced remote system with one click, and the Daydreamer team will be on the other end ready for you to record everything you have to say. Owned and operated by Daydreamer Network, the producer of this podcast, Daydreamer Studios continues on the company's mission to empower storytellers of all kinds by making podcasting accessible to all. For more information and current promotions, visit daydreamernetwork.com backslash studios. That's daydreamernetwork.com backslash studios. Today we've got a pretty good show for you. A uh, pretty widely known brew from an extremely well-known brewery. A game that cost the developers their business. And pairing all that with the final season of Bosch on Amazon Prime. But before we get into all the entertaining, fun content of the show, there's something that I really want to talk about. So there's a streamer on Twitch. His name is Mikey Perk. He's about 6,000 followers. Relatively successful, you know, Twitch streamer. Pretty big Twitter following of about 27,000 followers. A fellow Ohioan from very south of where I'm located. His daughter went missing about, I believe, two days ago at the time of this recording. Her name is Sarah. She was believed to be last seen going to a hotel with overaged people. She's a 17-year-old girl. Her name is Sarah. I don't know if I said that. But if anyone in Ohio, anybody who listens to this, if anybody has seen Sarah or knows anything about her whereabouts, please Please contact your local authorities. Contact Mikey Perk at Twitter. He's at Mikey Perk. There's also twitch.tv backslash Mikey Perk. As a parent, I can't imagine the constant stress, anxiety, fear that he must be dealing with, let alone any sort of guilt. You know, I don't know Mikey. Just happened to come across this story on Twitter. You can follow it as well, but with the hashtag find Sarah. But I ask of all of you who listen, um, if you know 
or have seen or heard anything, please, please reach out. This is a very serious matter. And we thank you for looking out. Now, to lighten things up a little bit, um, season seven, the final season of Bosch, has just launched on Amazon a few days ago. Well, a few days ago as of this recording. And it's the final season of the Bosch series on Prime. But there is a spinoff series, I believe starring Bosch, you know, Titus Welliver, uh, along with his daughter, and I believe the attorney, Money Chandler, from the series, that I believe was also picked up by IMDb TV, which is pretty exciting. Uh, if you don't know what Bosch is, it's a series of books written by Michael Connolly about an LAPD detective, obviously named Bosch, who is, you know, just your hardcore detective Hollywood homicide driven by the murder of his mother when he was a child. It's really good stuff. The, the show itself is phenomenal. There's an all-star cast. You know, it's just, just an all-around great show, great story. Highly recommend season seven. I'm about halfway through it right now, and it is terrific. Seems to be setting up the spinoff series, but we'll see as we get there. But Bosch in the show drinks... I mean, he's known in the show, he's known to drink Fat Tire from New Belgium. So I thought today we've got a pretty good game in store. Well, one that I enjoy. And I figured we'd pair it with Fat Tire to match it to Detective Bosch's beer of choice. Yeah, it's it's a terrific little amber ale from New Belgium. Uh, I think most beer drinkers will have heard of, of Fat Tire at this point. You know, New Belgium is one of the... One of the most well-known breweries in America. So, you know, it's its signature beer is Fat Tire. Um, you know, we covered um, Captain Dynamite IPA, the Voodoo Ranger seasonal beers earlier in the podcast run. But Fat Tire is an amber ale. It sits with an 82 score overall on Beer Advocate. Uh, it's got about 5.2% alcohol content and yeah it's 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 a pretty easy to drink amber ale it's actually really good it's been a long time since i've had one but i picked it up for the show and super super enjoying it you know i go through and i think a lot of us probably go through swings with our tastes you know be hardcore into ipas for a while then feel like a nice lager i mean it's summertime now and it's hot I'm pretty sure it's hot everywhere, but we were reaching, you know, upper 90s this week in Ohio. So there's nothing better than cool, relaxing lager or pilsner. So in the summertime, I, my tastes typically shift to the lighter tasting beers, the more refreshing, crisp beers. And then in the wintertime, as the seasons change, especially in the fall, IPs are great. Big fan of spiced beers. You know, if there's very few pumpkin beers that I like. But the ones that I like, I absolutely love. There's nothing better in my head than a cozy fire on Halloween with a terrific pumpkin beer. So Fat Tire, to return to that, from New Belgium in Colorado, it is just a smooth experience. You know, if you don't like amber ales, I totally understand. They're not my favorite. 
But Fat Tire is a beer that I could drink on any occasion. And I think a lot of people tend to agree with that. It's interesting because the people who listen to the show for the beer aspect of it, we're most likely all in the same kind of boat of, you know, your typical beer enthusiasts, right? We know our way around a good beer. We know how to spot a good beer. We understand what the other people are talking about when we're talking about beer. And especially in this day of craft breweries and, and craft beer, you know, as, as I've said before, Ohio is a, a terrific place for beer, but all around the country, you know, you can make an argument for many states having just terrific beer states or beer cities. So I, I think I often forget that not everybody <laughs> who drinks beer is, you know, a beer enthusiast. You know, for example, my neighbors across the street from where I live, they're very nice people. But I overheard them having a conversation about a very typical beer at this point. I can't remember what it is. But, you know, something yeah, I could find at a Giant Eagle or, you know, your regular average grocery store that doesn't typically carry a lot of beers. And and the two are talking and and they were talking about, you know, the 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 son had just had this for the first time and his dad responded with, yeah, I think I've had that. And I'm sitting across the street cooking my hamburgers on the grill thinking like, man, I, I can't believe that they've never had this before. So, you know, it just kind of clicked then that not everybody approaches beer the same way as I or we possibly do, which is good. You know, it's great. It's, it's fun, you know, especially hearing a conversation like that where people are finding new beers, even if it's something that's not super unique, it's, it's still, it's still cool to see people, you know, discover a new beer, kind of like gaming, you know, you've got in my world where, you know, I run, I operate big cultures, I get, you know, review codes to review just a plethora of games. You know, I dabble in everything there and, and I'm you know, as, as much of an expert as I can be in the industry. I often forget that there are people who just want to play Fortnite or just want to play Call of Duty or, you know, on the flip side, RPGs just maybe want to play Final Fantasy. And to each their own. And that's a beautiful thing of beer, the beautiful thing of gaming, beautiful thing of, of many different, you know, things that we can consume. But I think it's important to, to consider that. Anyway, to get off of that tangent and back to the fat tire, you know, there aren't very many amber ales that I particularly enjoy. I mean, there are good ones, of course. But if I'm going to sit at my favorite brewery, am I going to pick their amber ale first, second, or even third? Probably not. Because breweries, especially the craft breweries, at least in my opinion, their best outings are typically their most popular outings. You know, the Great Lakes make a terrific Dortmunder, their Dortmunder lager, rather. It's great. You know, it's it's popular around the city of Cleveland. Everybody knows it. Just about every restaurant downtown serves it. And it's a great beer. In, I think it's about May, late spring, they typically come out with the Lake Erie Monster, which is a powerful Imperial IPA. It's uh, delicious, especially if you've, if you've had the opportunity to have it on tap. But, you know, people know them for very specific types of beer. It seems to me that amber ales typically don't get maybe the attention that they deserve or, or could get. New Belgium, obviously, fat tire is everywhere and gets the attention it deserves, and it's very good. So just, you know, something to consider. Yeah, super smooth. It has a very full, malty flavor 
you know, like a toasty bread malt flavor. Definitely can can taste the hints of caramel. Maybe, you know, you might be able to to get some fruit flavors out of it. But for me, it's heavy. It's it's a heavier malt flavor than uh, you know what I would typically drink as a first choice. Now, with that said, it's not as heavy of a malt flavor as some other amber ales, at least to me, in my opinion. It's a, I don't want to say perfect, but it's pretty close to a perfect balance of flavors. And as you would expect from the, I don't know if mainstay is the proper word, but, you know, I think New Belgium and the first beer that I think of is Fat Tire. So as like that headliner beer, you know, I guess you might think Voodoo Ranger from New Belgium, and you, that's fair. But for the, for a headliner beer, they could be co-headlining, but for a headliner beer, it's about as close to a perfect balance for an amber ale as I can think off the top of my head. So it's very good. Now, the game of choice is from one of the most recognizable publishers in the industry, and that game would be L.A. Noir from Rockstar Games. Now, those of you who maybe aren't familiar with L.A. Noir, almost definitely know Rockstar Games from the wildly popular Grand Theft Auto franchise. So Rockstar publishes Grand Theft Auto. They publish Red Dead Redemption. L.A. Noir was a flyer, I believe. Bully is one of the games that they've published. I believe there's a sequel to Bully coming. At least it was through the rumor mill not too long ago. But L.A. Noir was a, not a flyer, but was a new franchise from a new developer published by Rockstar. The game was developed by, hopefully I'm saying this correctly, but Team Bondi, which was an Australian developer based in Sydney. So L.A. Noir had a huge amount of hype attached to its name. Basically, the short of the story is you're Cole Phelps. You are a police officer and you eventually make your way to detective of... You go through a set, you know, you go through a different set of, of careers in the LAPD, but you work your way up to detective and you're solving various cases with an overarching story, obviously. But it's, it's a really interesting game. You know, the story, I can see if you have trouble getting into it, I totally understand. You know, in retrospect, the game had, an HD re-release that was extraordinarily well-received. You know, according to Google, 95% of users like the game. It has a 9 out of 10 on Steam. But, so, I believe it had a pretty solid fan base. It came out in 2011, so that's a decade ago when the original one came out. But basically what made L.A. Noir unique and hyped was the technology used to detail facial animations. So obviously as a detective, you know, as a game about a detective, there's a lot of crimes you have to solve. But L.A. Noir made it a point to really detail facial expression. So, you know, as, as Cole Phelps, you read a lot of faces. Now in 2011, games were, you know, starting to look pretty good you know, PS3, Xbox 360 era. So not obviously not where we are today, but Team Bondi really invested in 
huge amounts of technology to capture every facet of facial features. Now, in the game, it really shows off. The faces, especially back in 2011, they were fantastic. You know, I remember watching a video from the developers talking about how they accomplished the feat. And it was like having, you know, 50 cameras surrounding a person, one of the actors, you know, as they're sitting there recording their lines, making facial features. And, you know, they really captured the essence of the face. Now, the rest of the body definitely felt like a video game. So the the whole experience was a bit surreal because of, you know, just the the weird facial features. Not the weird facial features, rather the, the... solid facial features with the robotic bodies but the game you know you you had to read faces you had to basically use your your instinct to decide whether people were lying to you telling the truth maybe hiding something you know all sorts of things that a detective would have to go through while interviewing or interrogating suspects so really innovative system one that obviously could only be achieved successfully with the type of investment in the facial detail technology. Unfortunately, all of that investment did not pay off. Team Bondi folded, and I believe they blamed the amount of money spent on, you know, creating that facial architecture, which is a shame because it was really revolutionary at the time. You know, people were super pumped about it, but it felt like a Rockstar game, but it didn't feel like a Rockstar game. You know, it's, it, Grand Theft Auto are these massive open world sandbox games where you can basically do whatever you want to whomever you want. And, and, you know, you may suffer the consequences of the police, but you can do whatever you want to them as well. Elena Noir was very restrictive in that aspect because you were a police officer. You know, its missions try to be... They try to vary themselves, but, you know, it wasn't always just the go in and shooting. wasn't always just reading faces and stuff. There were some chase scenes that didn't really work so well for me. But on the whole, the game was very solid. You know, much like our Fat Tire companion beer, you know, it's a pretty solid beer. Pretty solid game. It's not my first choice. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of Grand Theft Auto. Just like I'm not the biggest fan of Amber Ales, but... You know, if there's a good beer, if there's a good amber ale, if there's a good game in a sandbox or, you know, series franchise, of course I'm going to give it its due. But unfortunately, again, for L.A. Noir, it didn't sell terrifically. Um, there's so much hype, and often when games have so much hype, they're bound to fail in some aspects. You know, very rarely do games live up to their massive amounts of hype. Does it happen? Sure. Of course it does. But... L.A. Noir was a victim of the money spent on creating this groundbreaking technology with not having terribly terrific sales. Um, and then just very average reviews. I think I checked the PS4 version, the HD remaster, sits at an average on Metacritic of 76 from critics. And let's see the original version's So the Xbox 360 on Metacritic sits at an 89. So actually that one's pretty positive from the critics. User score was a little less at 7.9, but still pretty solid overall. So, 
you know, I guess it did come out to perhaps better success than I originally imagined. I got it. I didn't finish it originally. My brother did. He very much enjoyed it, if I remember correctly. But I did enjoy it much more when I played it as its HD remaster. If you are, you know, younger than I am, 2011 was 10 years ago. If you haven't had a chance to play it and those types of games are your thing or you're a fan of, you know, maybe Bosch or a detective shows or, you know, you're just a fan of Rockstar games. You want to try out another one under their belt. L.A. Noir is pretty solid. I would recommend it. May have some pacing issues, but I think overall it's pretty enjoyable. So with all of that said, L.A. Noir, solid game. Fat Tire, terrific. Amber Ale. And my favorite of the bunch, Bosch. It's final season of its Amazon Prime show, soon to be a spinoff show on, I believe, IMDb TV, finishing up this month of June. I appreciate you all being here. Remember, please, if you know anything about Sarah, hashtag find Sarah, be sure to reach out to your local authorities. And again, on Twitter, her father is Mikey Perk at Mikey Perk. Um, Everybody here hopes and prays that he will find his daughter well and anything anybody knows or can do would obviously be helpful. So thank you so much for listening, so much for caring, and we'll see you next time.